Welcome to the Get Your Health Together podcast, your go-to source for optimizing your metabolism, hormones, and results, plus a little tough love along the way. I'm your host, Lexi Swearingen, a holistic online health and fitness coach for women who want to understand the why behind their transformation while also living in the moment. I'm here to bridge the gap between macros and mindful eating, and have helped hundreds of women achieve their physique goals while also prioritizing optimal health. Now it's your turn. It's time to get your health together. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the Get Your Health Together podcast. I'm your host, Lexi, and as always, I'm so happy to have you here. This is an episode that I have been like thinking about in my head for so long and just haven't like taken the plunge to make it. So I'm really excited for this one. I hope you guys like it. Um, But let's jump into weekly reflections. So I don't know if this is like a huge win. I feel like I'm just giving you guys kind of like weekly knee updates because that is literally my whole life. Actually, here's my first win is that I signed up for a pre-postnatal training nutrition certification. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I already help a lot of pregnant women because it's not like anything crazy. Um, I mean, obviously pregnancy is like crazy and awesome and all those things, but um, I already help a lot of them. And so many of my clients have gotten pregnant while working with me that I'm just excited to like be able to take it to the next level and support them through the entire journey. Also, I'm at the age, like I'm 29, almost 30. And a lot of the women I work with are like early 30s, late 20s, um, who are kind of like starting their families or on child number two or trying to conceive for the first time, you know, whatever it might be. So I'm super pumped for that. Um, But personal wins outside of that professional win. Um, a lot of my blood work is coming back from the rheumatologist and it's obviously all like super complicated blood work that is like for sure out of my scope and beyond my understanding. But from what I can see in like my little medical portal, um, a lot of things are like within the realm of normal, it seems, which is exciting because I know like with me going to these doctors, I hear all the time, like, I hope you get answers. And when it comes to like autoimmune diseases, I hope I don't get answers there. Like, I hope we're just ruling things out. I really don't want that to be the answer because that just feels like another big, scary thing on my plate to like manage forever. So hopefully in the clear. We'll see. Still have some more to come back. Um, Number two, I'm going to see a new surgeon tomorrow, or you're going to probably be listening to this while I'm there or after I'm there. So that's exciting. Driving up to Vail um, tomorrow with Michael to see a new surgeon who's supposedly like a knee wizard. So we'll see. Um, and I hit a little baby like strength PR at PT and I'm continuing to push myself in the movements that I'm like able to do at the gym, which is pretty much RDLs. Um, I was joking with Michael and I was like, my body is really giving like BBL, like Brazilian butt lift vibes because I'm like growing my glutes back or trying to, but my leg is still like so tiny. (laughs) So it just doesn't look like it matches, but it's so funny. Um, anyways, that That honestly kind of takes me into my like mindful moment for the week that happened when I was actually like coming home from PT today is something I was thinking about and I shared this on my story too, but I'm just going to reiterate it here because I think it's really important and you probably need to hear it twice. And if some of you don't follow me on Instagram or if you missed a couple stories, here you go. Um, 
you don't have a consistency problem. You have a strategy problem. And here's what I mean by that. So in PT at physical therapy, I know I'm reaching that new strength PR because every time I go into PT, we do the same thing. Like we do the same machine. We do the same exercise. We typically do the same exercises in the same order for the most part. And that is how we know that I'm getting better, right? That's how we know I'm getting stronger because I did the same exact thing. If every time I went into PT, I tried something brand new, how would we have any idea whether or not I was actually progressing? And the same thing goes not only for my strength, but like even for measuring my range of motion. We measure it with me sitting in the same position. We measure it with the same therapist typically, have the same therapist measure, um, if there were all these things changing, it'd be like, ah, well, it's a little bit different, but that could be X, Y, Z. And that's not what we're doing. We're eliminating those variables. So having this knowledge is what makes me confident to go into these new surgeons and be like, yo, hello, this is not getting better. This is not working. Because I can say, this is exactly what we're doing and this is the result and it's not getting better. And those surgeons don't have the option to say, oh, well, maybe it was this or like maybe it was this. It's like, no, this isn't working. This is what I'm doing, you know? And this is the same with anything you want to see progress in. If you're learning like an athletic sport, if you're learning an instrument, like this is always the case. You practice the same thing and you see yourself improve or you see yourself say stagnant or whatever. Why are we treating our nutrition and our fitness differently than how we would with anything else in our life that we want to improve? We go into the gym every single day and do random exercises that we feel like doing or that we saved from some, you know, random influencer's swipe workout. And we're like, oh, that looks like a good workout. But is it a good workout for you? We try and eat healthy or we're tracking our food, but we don't really have any specific targets that we're trying to hit or maybe we do have targets in mind, but we don't really know if they're right or like you have targets, but you just don't hit them consistently. And then we get frustrated and we're like, oh, this isn't working. I'm not making progress, but I don't know why. There's no way to tell. And that is what creates frustration And that diminishes purpose behind your actions, right? You're frustrated. You don't see it working and you don't really know why it should be working because you don't understand what your plan is in the first place. And if you don't see the point, if you don't see the purpose, why would you have any motivation to show up and do it? Why would you have any motivation to show up and do a hard thing like track your macros or go to the gym if you didn't see how it was going to work for you. Like you don't see the point. Why would you be motivated to do it? And if you're unmotivated, then you're not going to do it consistently. And then you give yourself this narrative that's, oh my gosh, I'm just so inconsistent or, oh my gosh, I have no discipline. But really it's not that. It's just that you have no strategy So you don't have any purpose. So you don't have any motivation. You tell yourself that, my gosh, it would be such a waste to invest in actual help because I'm just so inconsistent. I'm not going to stick with it anyways. So then you never get the strategies that you need to improve and you're stuck in this cycle. And again, it's just, it's all your perception of the problem. 
And I don't think that the real problem is what people are seeing in most cases. You're seeing this surface level problem of, oh, I'm inconsistent or, oh, I'm unmotivated. But why is that? It's because you've been spinning your wheels for so long because you've never really jumped in fully. You're keeping yourself small. You're keeping yourself safe with this, oh, I'm trying. And if all you've committed to is trying, you can't really fail, but you also can't really succeed. So anyways, that popped into my brain on the way home. (laughs) Um, But on that note, this episode is also about perception of another super important factor in our health journey, and that is stress, okay? I talk about stress all the time. I talk about it with my clients. I talk about it on social media. I talk about it constantly. Um, And stress is something that does have a huge impact on the way that we feel, whether or not we reach our physique goals, what our body, you know, looks like, etc., And that stress can come from so many areas that you probably aren't even thinking about. And I could do a whole episode on that and maybe I should. But for example, like glycemic stress, how you're regulating your blood sugar, circadian stress, like your sleep and wake cycles, um, micronutrient deficiencies or like relative energy deficiency. Like there's so many different overtraining, dehydration, like physical stress can pop up in so many ways. And then there is like the mental emotional side, the the actual psychological stress. Okay. So I talk a lot about stress. This episode specifically is going to be about stress perception. And that's tip. That's like the psychological piece or like a piece of of the psychological piece. Okay. Stress perception is how you perceive your stress and your ability to manage it. Okay. And that your perception of your stressors and your ability to manage them is a huge factor in the actual impact that the stressor has on how your body physically responds, reacts, recovers. Okay. My clients know this, but I am like famous for saying it's less about what is on your plate or how much is on your plate, but it's about whether or not you feel, you feel like you're capable of handling it. This is going to determine the physical and mental impact on you and therefore is a huge part of that stress management, like total bucket that you can kind of fill with stressors. It can be frustrating for some people to talk about stress management because they have busy lives and they think, well, you know, things are always going to be hard for me. Like I have kids and I have this job and it's just always going to be hard and I'm never going to be able to get out of this. And I'm going to dive into that a little bit deeper in this entire episode, but that's generally why I think talking about stress perception as an impactful piece of the pie can be a massive shift in quality of life and results. Because it's not me saying you need to get rid of your kids, you need to get rid of your job. Like We can't change those actual things in our life, but it's me saying, can we shift the way we think about them? Can we shift the way that we believe we are capable of getting through this stuff? 
And we can all work on that. You know, we can all work on that mindset piece. So I think that by talking about stress perception, like we're putting you back in the driver's seat. Um, Again, you know, it's not about eliminating everything hard in life because that's impossible. And it honestly wouldn't even be good for you because stress does have benefits. But it's saying two people can have the exact same challenges and the outcome and the impact can look so different because of the way that they perceive it. And I have this happen all the time. Like, I wish I could match clients up. (laughs) And I'm sure like, I would honestly say I'm a little bit, I tend to be a little bit stressy and like over, you know, over kind of hype things in my brain, catastrophize a little bit. Like, I've always kind of trended that direction. And it takes a lot of work on stress perception for me to manage that. So I get it. No hate to anybody, but I'm going to give you an example is like client A is a super busy career, has two kids to drive around, has to clean the house and is heading out on a trip this weekend. That's a lot going on, right? Client A thinks, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I'm so stressed. There's no way I'm going to get all this done. Oh my gosh, I'm just going to be exhausted. I'm so behind. How in the world am I going to track all my macros and get all my workouts in this week? It's just like too much. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be so tired. There's no way. Client B, super busy career, two kids to drive around, has to clean the house and is heading out on a trip this weekend. Client B thinks, damn, all right, busy week. I've got a lot going on, but like, I'm just going to rise to the challenge. I'm going to do X, Y, Z to make it easier for myself and just kind of like push through this week one step at a time. Like it is what it is and I'm going to get done what I can get done. Client B has just as much on her plate as client A, but because she doesn't view it as debilitating, it's not. She moves through it. She believes she's capable, so she is. She becomes what she believes. And I just find that so fascinating. And I, again, I see it all the time with clients where I have one client who's like, oh my God, the world is ending. How can you possibly expect that I'm going to track my macros when I have X, Y, Z to get done? And then I have another client who has just as much on her plate and she's like, yeah, I'm killing it. Like I pre-track my food and I'm just like, you know, vibing. Um, I have one, I had one client in like one of my first little times as a coach and first little times, like one of my first months as a coach, she started with me. And this woman, holy crap, when I tell you she had potentially the busiest schedule I've ever seen in my life. Um, even like as her coach, sometimes I was just like, wow, I, I wonder if she can get this done. Um, she had four kids, two of which were like foster kids. So that was a lot to deal with schedule wise. And then she was uh, a full-time, like she was a teacher. So that's a lot of hours. And then hours outside of the school, like planning lessons and grading papers. And then she was also in like a doctoral program for school. And then a husband, like trying to manage a relationship and friendships and a social life. And it was crazy. Like her schedule was crazy. And I always think back to her because I always think if she's doing it and she believes she can do it, like so many of these other women, they can do it. It's just they view themselves as not being able to rise above. So 
super interesting. And to that note, another thing I talk about, and I want to, I kind of talked already about stress perception gives us an opportunity to like rise above. And I talk about stress and stressing about your stress a ton. So I brought up a couple things on this episode so far and I started off by saying there's so many different types of stressors. Like we have those physical stressors like blood sugar management or micronutrient deficiencies and then we also have you know, I have a ton on my plate or my boss sent me a really shitty email or I'm in an argument with my husband or holy crap, I just have so much to do, like that type of stress. And I think sometimes because the industry, like the health fitness industry talks so much about the impact of stress on physique and health outcomes that when you have goals in mind, like you're trying to lose body fat and things get busy and you have a lot on your plate and maybe you get a bad night of sleep, it almost becomes more stressful because you're then perceiving and knowing that it is a barrier to your end goal. When in reality, it doesn't need to be a barrier or as large of a barrier if you can focus on shifting the way that you think about it. And you can have so much more control. So if you're sitting here and you're listening to me and you're thinking, Lexi, you are like really woo-woo. Like this is a made-up theory and you're full of shit. I want to like nerd out with you a little bit because this stress perception stuff is actually research-backed. And I'm not sure if you guys know this about me, all of you at least, but my passion for health and fitness like really intersects with psychology. I have an exercise science degree, like my major in college was kinesiology and within the major at my school, we were able to choose a specialization, I guess. So I have a minor and then a major in kinesiology and then within my major, I had like a specialization. So Some people in my major chose like pre-physical therapy. Others chose fitness, I think was one of them. I chose sport and exercise psychology. So I took like all the anatomy, like, um, like strength and conditioning classes, nutrition classes, all that stuff. But I also love psychology. So I took a lot of classes on that side of things too, like exercise psych and whatnot. I actually considered doing a psychology major and like working on the clinical side. Um, But alas, you know, here we are. And I found a nice little balance with coaching. I like adore what I do. But I got to study things like motivation, health behavior change. um, And then also within like actual sport performance and like skill, things like alertness or like flow state, optimism. Like I even talked about like coaching for sport a lot in my major and all those cool things. Um, And I actually got to do like a research study. I wrote a thesis at the end of my senior year. And then back in 2021, I did a continuing education cert and became like officially health mindset coaching certified. So that I got to dive a lot deeper into like a lot of the theories and things that I learned in school, but specifically in the industry of like what I do now with one-on-one coaching um, for like health physique outcomes. Really cool. All that to say. I'm a nerdy nerd and the stress perception stuff, it's not bullshit. It's very real. So there's actually a study that looked into stress mindset 
aka the way people think about stress and how that impacted the way that they handle it. It's called Rethinking Stress, the Role of Mindsets in Determining Stress Response. I can link it in the show notes. But basically, this research is looking into whether the focus on the destructiveness of stress, aka that stress about stress that I was kind of talking about, is a mindset that's contributing to the negative impact of the stress and that if we improve the stress response, it's a matter of simply shifting the mindset. Okay? So basically, the destructiveness of stress is maybe in big part due to the stress about stress. And if we simply shift our mindset around stress, we might have a better reaction from our body or stress response. Okay? The physical stress response is what I mean. And again, I know I've said this a couple times, I do want to note that the stress we're speaking of right now in this episode is the psychological stress, perceived stress, not the like micronutrient deficiency, dehydration, overtraining, etc. Okay, you can't talk your body out of, I haven't eaten a vegetable and I'm deficient in all these micronutrients and that is a stressor on my system. <laughs> like you can't think your way out of that, honey. You still got to eat your fiber um, or like your gut is still inflamed from eating, you know, Doritos and pizza all weekend, but onwards. Um, This study explores two different mindsets, kind of like I spoke about above with the client examples, but number one is like the stress is enhancing mindset. Stress has enhancing consequences for things like performance, productivity, learning, growth. These people believe and have the mindset around stress that experiencing it improves health and vitality for them, okay? Or there's the stress is debilitating mindset. This basically says that they believe stress has a debilitating consequence for those outcomes like performance, productivity, learning, and growth. They think, oh, I, I, I can't perform well. I can't be productive. You know, I can't learn new things and I'm not going to grow because, well, I'm so stressed. You know, um, they believe that the effects of stress are negative and should be avoided. So, In the first part of this study, they took employees who, you know, work in like some financial company. They recruited them for this, quote, stress management training. This is obviously part of the experiment where they showed a series of three different videos on health, performance and learning slash growth from a stress management perspective. Like it was a stress management training and those were the three different topics. Okay. At the end... The participants in the stress is enhancing group because there were two groups, right? So they showed these videos. One group got like stress is enhancing video content and one group got stress is debilitating video content. So at the end, the stress is enhancing group reported improved psychological symptoms and better work performance, whereas their counterparts who got the stress is debilitating content did not. Crazily enough, I find this really interesting. Crazily enough, the debilitating group didn't actually note worsening of their like performance and learning. They didn't note that it was getting worse. Um, and the researchers believe that this is because the debilitating mindset is just more like typical for humans. It's more what we're like naturally, what we naturally have, which is interesting. And I do 
like in anecdotally, I can see the difference with clients and just the way they speak in their check-ins, the way they speak about themselves. So I do think that maybe not everyone is wired to have this like debilitating mindset, but maybe everyone is kind of wired in that direction, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. And also I'm working with people who are like 30. So what are your life experiences or at least like 25? You know, what are your life experiences up to that point that could have kind of skewed you in one direction? I'll get back on track. Sorry. Um, But the researchers believe that this is because the debilitating mindset is more typical for humans. And this is really exciting to me, actually, because it shows that these participants in this research study, they only viewed 10 minutes of video content. Okay. So after just 10 minutes of video exposure on the stress is enhancing type of message, and this video content wasn't even like teaching them about this. It was just speaking about these things and about stress management from like that perspective, if that makes sense. But after just 10 minutes of watching that stuff, their outcomes were improved. So basically, you listening to this podcast, (laughs) potentially about positive stress perception could improve your confidence to manage your stress, and then you get those more positive outcomes. And I just find that so cool. Um, Then they did a second part of the study where... I'm going to really oversimplify this too because there were kind of like a couple moving parts, but I'm, I'm going to give you the gist. I don't want to be here until tomorrow. Um, they took a classroom. This one with, was on students. So they took a classroom filled with, um, it was like business school students or aspiring business school students, and they kind of sprung it on them like, hey, at the end of this class, like five of you are going to be randomly chosen to give a speech to the class. And you're going to be judged based on like your charisma in your speech, like some kind of daunting variable. And they did this assuming that, hey, random public speaking is a stress inducing thing for most people. And then the students had to answer like a couple different bits of questionnaire And one of the questions they were asked was about how stressful they perceived the experience to be. And then another part was whether or not they would like to receive feedback on their speech. So the results found that the enhancing stress mindset people were more likely to ask for feedback than the debilitating, which supports the logic that an enhancing mindset will be more likely to choose behaviors that meet the demand, value, or goal underlying the stressful situation so that the stress is actively utilized towards facilitating growth and performance. Okay? So like, holy shit, right? This basically means that if you have a mindset around stress where you think, oh, you know, I can handle this. I'm going to be like, I'm good. Instead of being like, holy crap, I'm doomed. That means that you are going to naturally like choose behaviors and take steps where that stressor or that stressful situation contributes to your growth and you learning to perform better, which is crazy for me as a coach to hear because I'm always reading this from the perspective of like coaching and my clients. And in my eyes, I see this as a way 
where I think, hey, if I can help my clients cultivate a more stress is enhancing mindset, which I do all the time in my check-ins, they will be more likely to maybe submit their check-ins. Even when they've had a bad week, they will be more likely to ask questions. They will be more likely to put themselves in a place where they can receive feedback and grow rather than clients who think, oh my gosh, this is too hard for me. I'm not capable of this. Like life is hard. Everything's happening. And I'm going to like skip my check-in this week because like I'm doing terrible. Right? So this goes in line with something else I talk about a lot, which is excuses are valid and they are things that make it hard. AKA those stressors and hard things, they exist. They always exist. But they don't mean that you can't do it. They don't mean that you can't succeed. The most successful people just sit there and they say, all right, how? How am I going to get it done? And in my opinion, this is an example of, of managing that stress perception and generally having that enhancing mindset is looking at a challenging situation, which could be a stressor, and saying, okay, how? How am I going to get through it? Like that is perpetuating that growth, right? Um, And the cool thing about this is that nobody is stuck in the debilitating mindset. And that's kind of what we discovered in the first part of that study, is that you can easily adapt to the enhancing mindset just by building awareness around like this phenomenon alone, which is so, so cool. Because if you're putting yourself in situations to be coached, be supported, um, be learning, you are able to shift your mindset. So cheers. If you're here, you might be better off already. Um, And here's a really cool thing, okay? You guys are going to be like, Lexi, chill out. But there's actually also research on how the mindset piece links to the physiological side. So this other study shows more stress... um, more stress with debilitating mindsets are associated with a higher cortisol awakening response. So basically like your cortisol awakening response, we wake up in the morning and that's when our cortisol like should be the highest, but you still don't want it to be like out of control. So this is saying that if you have a more stress debilitating mindset, you are associated with a higher cortisol awakening response. And honestly, like thinking about this from a practical perspective, I can see why that would be the case because I think even about myself where I'm like, oh my gosh, if I know I have a really busy day, <laughs> I like wake up in the morning and I'm already like amped, you know, I'm thinking like, holy crap, this is going to be rough, you know? So super interesting. But basically it's just saying negative perspectives about stress are linked to that cortisol reactivity when you wake up. And that suggests that stress mindsets might influence the HPA axis and stress response, which your HPA, your hypo hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, that's just like your stress hormones basically coming from your adrenals. So really cool because there's more cortisol research, of course, and we obviously know that stress and cortisol are connected, right? Like if you're stressed and your cortisol is high, we, that's not a, that's not that cool. We know that. But the cool thing here and what I find cool is that your mindset 
about stress, your perception of your stress is connected to the cortisol response. It's not just about the thing or the stressor that you're going through. It's like the way you're thinking about that thing you're going through and the way you're thinking about your ability to handle that thing you're going through, that is impacting your cortisol. So even if not a single flipping thing about your life changed, you ha- you still had all the same hard shit on your plate. If you were able to sit there and just say, you know what? I can do this. How am I going to do this? Your cortisol would be better managed. Like, hello, that's so freaking cool. Anyways, um, I'm going to start wrapping this up soon. But well, like I said, I've been wanting to make this episode for so long. The final little like tipping point for me was this client message that I got last week that just like prompted me to do it. And this client, she started with me about a month ago and told me that from the start, like in her intake form, she told me, you know what? I'm just, I'm not super stressed. Um, She might've rated her stress as like a zero. I cannot even remember, but she said it again in her check-in a couple weeks ago, which obviously I commented on it. She's like, no stress. And I was like, you crack me up that you're just like, I have no stress because I never get clients saying stuff like that. And she responded and she said, okay, regarding the stress, it's possible that I have stress or she said, is it possible that I have stress that I'm not really aware of? Sometimes I feel weird saying, nope, no stress over here. But I think that not having kids is a big part of not having a ton of stress. Um, She said, I've been working on our finances. As you know, we've talked about this a good amount together. So having it under control is a stress relief, even though it's not perfect yet. She said, I'm always thinking about our finances, but not in the, oh shit, we have no money to live type of way. So she's not catastrophizing it. She said, my husband and I both work full-time jobs. We don't have kids and we're stable. So even though we're not rolling in it, we don't have this huge burden. She basically said, I don't take things too seriously and I am an it is what it is type of person. I don't let work control my feelings or my home life. So maybe I have the average stressors, but I'm able to cope with it. And like this is the perfect display of a great stress perception because she's saying, yeah, you know, my finances aren't perfect and, you know, work is stressful sometimes and I have these average things going on, but I just, her thoughts around it are a way that don't make them stressful for her. Whereas someone else who might have the same financial situation, the same job situation, like I have plenty of clients that she says a huge reason she doesn't have stress because she doesn't have kids. I have a ton of clients in their thirties that don't have children and they're still more stressed, you know? So it's just so interesting. And I basically replied to her and said like, yes, it's definitely possible that you have more stress you're not aware of, but I can typically tell when someone isn't managing their stress well um, or when their body isn't handling it well physically or when someone's like level of normal and what they're like, oh, it's, it's, it's normal. I don't have a lot of stress is actually high stress. Like for, for instance, I'll have clients that tell me, oh yeah, no, I'm not stressed. But then they'll also tell me things like, oh yeah, I'm on meetings so long during the day that I don't even have time to sit down and like eat lunch for five minutes. And I'm like, uh, okay, that's a stress, right? Or I'll have clients that are like, oh no, I'm not that stressed, but then they like haven't pooped 
in three days or they're having diarrhea or like, you know, all of these factors can kind of clue us. in if we don't think we're stressed that, Ooh, maybe my body is, um, but she doesn't really have any of that. So it seems to me that she has just phenomenal like stress perception and she has a very good systems in place in her life. So from my perspective as a coach, she has a great perspective on her ability to handle stress because she has these systems in her life and she just has confidence that she's able to manage stuff in a way that will leave her feeling good. It's not a coincidence that she is like an all-star consistent client that communicates with me very well and comes prepared to check-ins, ready to problem solve and implement, etc. So I want to quickly finish this up with some ways that I think you can improve your stress perception. And I think a lot of it comes down to just setting life up in a way like I just said, where you are confident in yourself to manage shit that comes up. Um, And a huge part of even being here on this episode and listening is like education around this whole phenomenon is hopefully going to help you right away stop stressing about your stress so much. Um, But setting yourself up. So how to feel more confident and control when confident and in control when unexpected stuff happens. Number one, I would say just like being prepared and getting accustomed to being prepared. So are you someone that meal preps? You know, I know going into my week, no matter what happens, I have chicken in my fridge. (laughs) Like that's huge for me, right? Because like if something comes up with work or calls go long or like an appointment goes late or like I have to do something spur of the moment, I know that I can eat something that's not going to deter me from my goals. So it inevitably causes me less stress when those chaotic things come up Because I know that those things aren't going to lead to failing at something I really want. So something as simple as meal prep can help so much to manage stress. Also, like laying out your clothes for your workouts, just planning out your workouts, you have less decisions to make, Uh, filling up your water bottle before bed or like before work, like just the little things, putting your supplements in a pill container, like save yourself that time so that when the stressors come up, you don't need to stress about them so much because you're not afraid that they're going to make you fail at something you want to succeed at. Um, Forward thinking, trying to anticipate potential challenges. I love this one. I have this conversation with clients all the time before they travel is, hey, you really want to achieve this goal. So when things come up that you feel like are getting in the way of you achieving the goal, that's going to cause you anxiety. So let's think through your whole trip right now. And they'll often say things to me like, hi, I'm going on a trip this weekend. How should I handle it? And I'm like, I don't know. What are you doing? Like, when are you flying out? What are you going to do while you're there? Like, tell me what's going on with your trip. When are you leaving for the airport? Um, What are those potential challenges? And then I made a client yesterday in a check-in kind of type out. She said the same thing. We're traveling this week. Like we're doing this road trip. Like how should I handle it? And I was like, well, what are you doing? And she sent me back this, you know, multiple paragraphs of her kind of laying it out. Well, we're driving at this time and then we're going to this restaurant. And I really like this restaurant. I want to order X, Y, Z and this and that. And I was like, dude, just 
you typing out those two paragraphs, you basically created yourself a plan. Like you identified what your priorities were for the trip. You identified what you wanted to eat. You identified what you could skip. You identified when you could bring your own food. You identified when you could get a walk. Like just by forward thinking, you are anticipating potential challenges and removing stress from yourself in those moments where you would otherwise feel out of control. Um, foundations that you feel confident in sticking to. So I'll break this down into two two categories. One I would say is just in a fitness journey, like anchor meals and snacks. Um, if you make it a norm for you, I always get a protein shake in the day. Boom. That's easy. You know, that's something you can always do, always rely on. It's one little step in the right direction or just like anchor meals. Like you guys know, I'm hyper fixated on my breakfast, but it's like, that's super easy to me. I know it's in my routine. I know it's happening. Um, another one would be like mindful habits that you could always implement. So this could be around life. Like maybe you have had all these stressors come up and it's been a really terrible day, but something you always do is you take three deep breaths before you eat. Or maybe something you always do is just bring your emotional support water bottle with you in the car. Cool. That's something that's moving you forward. Or maybe something you always do no matter what, even if you plan on eating your meal prep for all three meals and you ended up going out to eat for all three meals, something you always do is like put your fork down between bites or you always check in with yourself halfway through your plate and see how you're feeling. Like these little foundations that you can implement, they are inevitably going to make you feel more capable of getting through something than if you didn't have them in place, you know? Uh, Last one I would just say is like use a calendar (laughs) and that kind of goes into the forward thinking thing. But again, more control over your life and your time, no matter what is kind of going on. Um, But I hope this episode really helped you guys. I am going to wrap it up here. If you did enjoy this, please, you know, go ahead, rate or review this, whatever you're listening to it on. And if you wouldn't mind, you know, send me a DM, let me know what you thought or better yet, share it to your social media, share it with a friend, tag me, spread the word. Um, I really want to kind of grow my podcast community. And if you are a loyal listener, I would love your help doing so. So as always, thanks for being here. I will see you next week and yeah, bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Get Your Health Together podcast. I hope you enjoyed it along with some steps and sun. If you love the episode, don't forget to share it with a friend or tag me on Instagram. And if you have a question, never hesitate to shoot me a DM. See you next time.